This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. This is the American Toffee Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. What is up, everybody? It's Alex and James here. Immediately following the Everton versus Leicester City match at the King Power Stadium, in which Everton, in the 90-plus-something minute, lose 2-1. James, how are you feeling about it? Uh, you, I would, I'll go on record. I'll, I'd like to give you props. Uh, not that it's a fantastic thing to be right about, but you literally called it perfectly in our preview episode. You said Everton would, get, would be ahead 1-0 at halftime, in which I scoffed. And then you finished it off by saying Everton would lose 2-1, and it actually played out exactly like that. Yeah, I take no pride whatsoever in having my prediction come true. One of the few times that we predict a loss and are then vindicated on the show, it was a truly, truly heartbreaking performance in every sense of the word. I went in with absolutely no expectations whatsoever. I figured we'd get absolutely throttled. This was the sixth consecutive game that Leicester have played that lineup, something that we can only dream of in our wildest imagination could we picture Everton being able to do something similar with the way things are going for us right now. So that alone is a huge red flag showing that, okay, we're probably not going to be able to win this match. And then Silva comes out with his hand somewhat forced by the injuries that we have suffered so far and ends up going with a quote-unquote 3-4-3. It really ended up being more of a 5-2-5-4-1 or whatever you want to call it. It was largely a low defensive block. We let Leicester kind of run rampant with possession, 70-30 split approximately. And yeah, we went ahead and like Everton has done consistently under Marco Silva, we had no spine. We had no backbone. We showed no game management skills. There was very little in the way of intelligent substitutions when they were clearly needed. Anyone watching that game could see that Lester were starting to take the reins back in the second half and we did nothing until it was too late. And all that being said, we still had points on the table until the very, very last minute at the death, VAR decision. Was he offside? Was he not offside? And in my opinion, VAR gets it right. And we have our hearts absolutely torn out, thrown on the floor, stomped on, gasoline sprinkle on it, light it on fire. And that's pretty much how it's gone for us all this season, Alex. Is that a is that a succinct enough uh, explanation for you? I think so. I mean, the only thing that I take uh, quarrel with is the fact that you said the gasoline was sprinkled as opposed to poured. But <laughs> I, won't, I won't attack you for your verbiage at this point. I, uh, to your point about Lester starting the same match or the same lineup in six matches straight, I legitimately wonder how long it's been since Everton has been able to do that. I'm not. I'm. I'm not kidding. I'm not sure that it has been during my fandom, um, because you think about it, and we've just been so inconsistent forever. Even when we were kind of decent three, four years ago, we were playing a lot of young players like Barkley, Stones, Lukaku, De La Feu, and even then, you know, it's not like they were consistent enough to play maybe six or seven matches together. But nonetheless, um, I thought that. The lineup itself, the, the the formation that Marco used was intelligent. I think that with a bare bones midfield, specifically only Gilfie and Tom Davies, essentially, you needed to choose a way to go out and get some sort of result 
in a formation that made sense. I thought that it made sense in terms of allowing Lester to have the majority of possession because there's no point in battling for possession and leaving yourself open when you know it's not going to do you any good. So, so I thought the overarching idea, the overarching plan was positive. However, as you said, I think one of the big issues was the, the game management in which the substitutes came late and some may be questionable. Why would you take off so-and-so as opposed to this person? And, and then finally, actually, something I saw on Twitter, um, shout out Ryan Williams for, for kind of bringing this to our attention, at least my, to my attention. You know, it was mentioned that we set up very defensively, as you said, in that low block, but we had our forwards pressing high, like pressing the ball. And so what happened was that that left literally Gilfie Sigurdsson and Tom Davies in the middle of the pitch, sometimes just one of them, depending on where we were pressing. And it just allowed Lester to cut us through every time. They just carved us up in the middle of the pitch. And, and so I think that, you know, it's, it's expected when we change formation like that, you know that we don't have a ton of experience playing in that formation. Michael Keane at left center back was uh, mind numbing, I think. I get it. But it was still, I mean, it's three, it's three right-footed center backs, but like Michael Keane at left center back was probably uh, not exactly what I was looking for, I think. Um, nonetheless, yeah, as you said, it was the hope that kills. They, they just, they gave us hope. You know, we really thought like, wow, we are here for Charleston with a great header. And next thing you know, it's just snatched. Yeah, and it was, frankly, I was nervous just knowing that switching a, a formation like that abruptly can it can take some time for the team to adjust, no question. And I thought that the first probably five to seven minutes, we looked very nervy. We looked a little bit unsure of ourselves, particularly in the back. I thought the center backs kind of struggled to with their positioning a little bit, figuring out who needed to take what as far as balls coming in. And I thought even the midfield looked a little disjointed. The shape that we took throughout the match was, was kind of all over the place at times. Um, there didn't seem to be a ton of... Um, structure in that in that way where we had at times Sidibe coming over onto the left side, um, but credit to him for having an absolutely fantastic game amidst all of the um, drama and the the again heartbreaking gut wrenching defeat. I thought Jabril Sidibe really acquitted himself today. Was just amazing bombing down the right hand flank. Was constantly getting himself into dangerous positions, putting in dangerous crosses, and we had a fair amount of chances from it. Um, it, one thing that's kind of interesting to me is that I've heard like multiple commentators and pundits say that Sidibe is a more defensive minded right back, whereas Coleman is a more offensive minded right back. And I feel like it's the complete opposite to me. For me, Sidibe is much more inclined to get forward. And that seems to be the consensus from when he was at Monaco. That seemed to be that he was, he was better when he was getting forward and maybe more of a liability defensively. But today he showed that he could do both for large stretches of the game, getting forward. And then he made some really instrumental plays on defense as well. So credit to him. Everyone else, I mean, it's it's a new formation against the team that's second in the table and playing unbelievably well at the moment. And I thought that we, you know, we deserved a point up until the, the stoppage time. And it's, that's what's so frustrating is that so many times this season under Marco Silva and even last season, we've played well enough to get points from matches. And yet for whatever reason, we're just seemingly unable to do so. And it comes back to the mentality thing that we talk about. And it seems like, okay, that's kind of a cheap thing to say. Like, okay, you don't see the players every day. You don't see how hard they work in training, but it's like, what else could it possibly be? It can't be, I mean, you you can blame it on the manager to some extent, but he can only do so much when these players just 
it's it just blows my mind and it's so frustrating to watch and i can't i don't think anyone can really wrap their head around it but we sit here week in week out having to watch it and it just it really is becoming a chore and i i hate it when everton becomes like that it's been like was like that for large stretches of sam allardyce's tenure towards the end of cumin and it's become that again and i think that above anything else is sort of what's going to end up costing marco silva his job absolutely correct as you mentioned earlier, right? He was he was pretty. He had his hands tied in terms of of choices for the most part. Right. It just left it left him in a predicament in which he would have had to make more drastic changes. You know, the likes of Anthony Gordon or uh, Moise Keane may not be a drastic change, um, according to the fan base, at least. Right. Those types of players that really haven't amassed any sort of minutes with Everton's first team yet. Mm-hmm. And so you could feel that that's kind of a gamble on his part. I thought that I liked his inclusion of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And I think Dom had a decent game, you know, for when he could actually get a touch of the ball. I thought Richarlison looked pretty good. I mean, he was working hard and he was trying to create by himself many times, but it just wasn't going to come off that way. And he didn't have assistance moving forward, right? So it, it's it's confusing. It's frustrating. Maybe we deserve to draw it, but I'm not. I, I, I'm not sure. I feel comfortable saying we did, did or did not. I, I really don't know. The only thing I do know is that, as you said, it, I think it's about time for some drastic changes. Um, specific. I'm actually referring to team selection. But I guess you could infer that I was also talking about Mil- Marco Silva, which which could also be um, a valid point in my opinion. Yeah, and you look, despite the fact that we only had. 30% possession, you can look around the team and point out several players who had relatively decent games, all things considered. I mean, Alex Awobi was, we basically saw a deja vu all over again of the Southampton goal between him and Sidibe. He receives it in that right-hand channel and does a really nice job of keeping possession, holding the ball up, being patient, waiting for Sidibe to run o- overlap and get into space, plays it in, Sidibe crosses it, Richarlison far post, and we're up 1-0. So that was a really nice bit of interchange. I thought it was clear from the get-go that Awobi needs to be starting week in, week out for this team based on what he offers on the ball. His his passing decision making is excellent and and really creative and incisive in a lot of in a lot of moments. Uh Gilfie Sigurdsson, he wasn't really in that second striker role that he's more accustomed to today. And I think he was found out a little bit. It can never fault his work rate because he works really, really hard. But I thought he just he he was almost working too hard at times, right? It's work smarter, not harder necessarily. And he was going into some challenges out of control and picked up an early yellow card. And that just kind of made things difficult for us in the second half when we're getting kind of run over in midfield. Tom Davis, um, I'm not going to get on Tom Davis's back because I love him as a player. I think he's really important and he's been getting enough abuse on social media, frankly, but not his best game. Was trying to do a lot of things going forward that weren't coming off and it's, that's just sort of the way it goes. But again, I still think that we deserve a point from this match. The possession stats, I mean, it, it's what I saw from Leicester in possession was what I commonly see from us against quote unquote weaker opposition now that most of them are ahead of us in the table. But a lot of possession, but not a whole lot of meaningful possession where they're just sort of recycling it around the back in their own half and they're not really being very incisive with it. And then in the second half, they really started to gain confidence and they started to break our press more easily. Tom Davis got caught out a couple of times and kind of left a lot of space in behind him and they exploited that. Uh, Ricardo Pereira had an amazing game for Leicester. His runs with the ball, he's so pacey and from that right back position, he can just 
go like straight to goal. Like if he gets the ball, he's going with it. It was Leicester have a really good team and they have a settled team and that's why they are where they are right now. And frankly, the fact that we had to change formation and change personnel for the up 10th time this season just shows why we're now floating, what, two points above the relegation zone. So yeah, it's it's a bleak, bleak picture at the moment. This was a big game that I don't think anyone expects us to do much in. And yet uh, coming away with zero points somehow feels just just expected, but still empty and still heartbreaking just because of the way it came. If I would almost rather we lost 4-0, to be honest with you. Yeah, because it's the hope that kills. and they, they, they gave us that little bit of hope to start with, and we're sitting there clinging on to that. Now, they, I mean, equalizing, it, it felt like a slap in the face, but I'm still sitting there like, all right, one point is still more than I expected. But nonetheless, you know, back to your point on Tom Davies, right? I'm a big Tom Davies fan. I wore the kit today. And, you know, it's the issue. It's it's kind of coming back to like the Ross Barkley thing. I mean, these players, the local guys, they come into the team and, and they're so young. I mean, Tom Davies is still like 21 years old. And so they're working hard. And, and most of the time, players like that, players that age do not get this much time in the Premier League. But Tom Davies has been a while, you know, maybe due to all the churn of managers, it feels like he's stagnated quite a bit because he's played in a bunch of different roles throughout the you know, these different managers tenure. But when I get on Twitter and I see that grand old team tweets your one word summary then of the match and the mayor of Liverpool, Joe Anderson, who is an Everton fan, said Tom Davies. He said Davies, but Tom Davies. And that is that is beyond annoying to see for me because he's 21 years old. He literally loves the club to death, which is mo- probably more than you can say for half the squad. I don't think half of them would, do- you know, love love the qu- club to death, right? Most but, of them. Uh, right, right, right. And so you see he's out there. He's trying his best. He's working really hard. You could tell that most of the players on the pitch in a salmon shirt in this instance, not a blue shirt, were trying. They just didn't they, – they weren't comfortable in this position. They weren't comfortable where where their teammates were – in accordance with their position on the pitch, right? And so it was a tough night out for him. And and you know what? It happens. But it, it just, it really grinds my gears to see someone, specifically the mayor of the city, who's an Everton fan, to kind of slag him off like that. That's, in my opinion, pretty disrespectful. Now, I did say in the preview episode that the one thing I was looking for today was the desire, literally just the desire from the Everton players to get out on the pitch and get a result. And here's what I will say. I wholeheartedly believe that all 11 of them, obviously not talking about substitutions, put in a shift. I, I, I really do felt like they they went out and they were trying to get a result for them, for Marco Silva, for the fans, for Everton Football Club. And so that was nice to see. And it just now it just feels confusing because I've been in Marco out for a little bit. Um, and I see the players are still kind of fighting for it, it seems. but. The results are just not there. How how do you feel at this moment in time, right? Like, like we knew, we didn't think that we were going to get a result. We were kind of dragged through the mud of this emotional roller coaster throughout the match. The players definitely tried. They were not out there trying to sabotage themselves or the manager. So now we're sitting here, you know, still, whatever you said, two points above the relegation zone with the same management manager. What do you think, James? What should Everton Football Club do or not do? Things are are very bleak right now, and the shot of Marco Silva's face after the second goal went in and after the VAR decision concluded, or I guess overturned the the offside decision and awarded the goal was uh, gut-wrenching stuff. You could tell 
just see the look on his face that he was devastated, that he felt defeated, that he felt crushed. Um, just that look will kind of haunt, pro- probably haunt my dreams for the next few days, along with a certain other team that we have coming up, which I don't even want to think about. But as far as it, as it pertains to Marco Silva, here's what I think. And I said this to you in our, our text chat sort of before the match is, yes, the fans are in an uproar and there is an overwhelming sem- sentiment to get Marco Silva out, to bin him off, to get someone else in. We've heard shouts for David Moyes. We've heard shouts for Eddie Howe. We've heard shouts for Rafa Benitez. We've heard shouts for all of these managers that were desperate to get in. For me, I am Silva out at the moment just because I think that the mood around the team has become so toxic. Like imagine the next time we come away with a loss at Goodison, it's going to be an absolute nightmare. So I think in some ways the fans have almost forced the board's hand in that regard. And for me, I don't think that that's a good thing. I don't think that it's that it's a positive move for the club when every time the fans get in an uproar and form an angry mob that the club caves to their demands. I think if internally the board is having conversations and they come to the conclusion outside of any fan um, fan attitudes or fan statements, if the board themselves come to the conclusion that the vision that they originally thought of and brought Marco Silva in to achieve is no longer feasible, is no longer possible with him at the helm, then you have to fire him. But I don't think that that decision should have anything to do with what Joe, Bob, whatever on Twitter is saying. If You know what I mean? Because I think you know if, if the organization, it's Marcel Brands' job to bring us back to the top and it's the board's job to put us in a position financially to do it. And they need to be able to be confident in their decision-making as a unit as we try to sort of make this transition. And so um, for me, it just, if we are making this decision because we're afraid of the booze at Goodison next time we play, then to me, that speaks of a, an organization that isn't confident and doesn't exactly know what they're doing. And for me, that's probably the biggest red flag of all. So while I am Silva out, I just want to make sure that we're doing things the right way because let's face it, we could very easily find ourselves come January in the midst of a brutally ugly relegation fight and we should not i still think this seems way way too good to be relegated but i also don't think like just based on the thing way things have been going i it it can only get like it can't get much worse than this but yeah somehow i think it always can with everton right i know that's a rant yes, right no i mean i i hear what you're saying and i agree with you Luckily, because Marco Silva is still here, I legitimately don't think that they've been listening to the fans <laughs> because it's right. been about a month right. in which everyone's been yelling. So, you know, I guess the main takeaway I, I have from from your your quote unquote rant, you said it, not me, is that I just want I, like you said, I want I want to make sure that that what we do is right and it makes sense. Um, I want to say it was our conversation with Ryan in which, you know, we talked about we don't want we don't want an interim manager, you know, we don't want to, or, or we don't want to sign a manager for the rest of the season just to then try to hire another one. Kind of like the whole Sam Allardyce, you know, conundrum in which we then waited and paid out the butt for Marco Silva. I just want it to be done right. I, I don't know if the next three days before we go to Anfield is, is the right time, but uh, I want to say, you know, three days after that is against Chelsea, right? So, I mean, it, there's no stopping. I don't know if there's ever a quote unquote right game or right match to do it before or after part of me would not be surprised if he's gone tomorrow. Unfortunately, the thing is results are are what you have to have. As you said, we're too good of a team to be relegated. 
I don't think that's going to be on the table at all, to be honest. I really don't think it's going to be a thing. I mean, maybe maybe December, the month of December just says, Alex, you're stupid. Watch this. But I hope not. And with that, you know, we, we could do a lot worse than just even sticking with him for the rest of the season and then letting him go in the summer. I, I just, I don't want to be a Watford because Watford just fired their second head coach of the season, December 1st. That should be probably be a record. Yeah, we definitely don't want to be another Watford. I mean, they're they're very realistically in danger of being six or seven points adrift come a couple weeks even. Um, I watched, I actually watched the first half of that match that they played Southampton uh, yesterday on Saturday, and they were up 1-0 at halftime, and I figured that they would finally get a much-needed win, only two in, similar to Everton, capitulate and lose 2-1 on a uh, James Ward-Prowse free kick late on. And I don't want to see us in that position. It's that's the thing. Like if if you're if you're looking at each factor in a vacuum, right? Like the the fixtures coming up are really bad. The injuries are really bad. The form the team's in is really bad. The fan like everything's really bad right now. Does it get much better bringing in a new manager? Depending on and that then it becomes okay. Who do we get? And we don't even have any real clear answers in that area. I mean, the Eddie Howe shout seems to be gaining some momentum, but he's not on a great run of form with Bournemouth right now. So things are really, really bleak. And I think if you pull the trigger with Marco Silva now, it's because you just have absolutely no faith that he can even remotely turn the situation around because we're going to end up with a caretaker manager for a little bit and we're going to end up with whoever we can get in midseason. And it's it's going to be more stop start, more more just more of the same that we've become accustomed to. And so it really sucks because I like Marco Silva. I think, you know, as a, as a man manager, he seems to get on well with the players. He's always spoken very highly and well about the club and with the utmost amount of respect. It just seems like it's, there's just too much bad blood, too much bad juju, whatever you, whatever you want to call it right now for him to, to stay in the role. And it just seems to have permeated every, you know, member of the squad to the point where, we're just dropping points left and right, and it's it's really not going to get much easier. It's going to get a lot harder, and I don't know. I'm kind of just at a loss with Everton in general right now. I don't really know how to react. It's just sort of sit back and th- let the cards uh, be what they may, right? Yeah, I hear you. I, I wish I knew what was going to happen, or I wish we kind of got an answer now, but I suppose we'll just have to twiddle our thumbs and wait and see like the rest of the fan base. We haven't quite made it. Like uh, Alan Myers per se, so we won't get the insider information, I guess. All right. But either way, we are not going to dive into a Liverpool preview segment. I feel as though we've had enough negativity for the evening. Otherwise, thanks so much for tuning in as always. Get ready for that work week or school week after this awesome Thanksgiving break and catch you next time up the toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Come join our Discord community at invite.gg slash ATP and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod.